and welcome to Media Plus from the Mac Observer, our weekly look at the world of digital media and Apple's place within it. I'm really excited this week to be joined by Rory Kettlin-Jones, who is, if you, if on the other side of the Atlantic you don't know, he is the BBC's technology correspondent, has served in that role for more years than he'll probably admit on this show. But I've grown up listening to him, lots of other people here in the UK will have, and he's covered Almost every major tech story you could think to imagine, including our move into digital media and tech companies becoming media companies and vice versa. So, Rory, thank you so much for joining me. Really excited to be here. Yes, you've made me think, oh, my goodness. Uh, Yeah, probably the first one I covered was 2004, the launch of the uh, iTunes store in London. There we go. Exactly. Um, See, Rory's been there for the more, but he's all and he's put all that into a book called Always On, which is out now from, oh, I think any decent retailer will have that. So Any decent, yeah. A little one called Amazon, I think, has it. There's a small company called Amazon that you can probably get it from. Um, so, and the reason why I wanted you on, well, there were lots of reasons, but your book starts with the launch of the iPhone on Steve Jobs' kind of ultimate one more thing moment. Yeah, uh, it wasn't even a one more thing. It was, it was the first keynote i'd seen from i'd seen him as i said in london doing sure. a bit of a bit of a presentation about the itunes store uh with alicia keys kind of stealing the show yeah. yes this was very much the steve jobs the ultimate keynote really i think it's gone down in history mm. so it was right at the beginning i had just officially been appointed technology correspondent by the bbc we were sent en masse to CES, the giant gadget show in Las Vegas. And I said to my bosses, listen, I know we're spending a lot of money coming here, but I think we should spend a bit more money and pop over to Mac World in San Francisco, where rumor has it that Steve Jobs has got something special to unveil. Uh, and I, I sat, it was my first experience of something that for a British journalist is slightly uh, nauseating, that yeah. kind of atmosphere of adulation, which you're not used to as a you know cynical old British hack. People are actually cheering and almost fainting with excitement. Yes. But it was a really exciting performance. And he started off by saying, we're going to make some history here today. And usually that is nonsense. But he was right. Yep. And then he whipped the crowd up. He paced slowly around the stage kind of looking down and then looking up in his trademark black polo neck and jeans and wireframe glasses. Uh, And he eventually had this whole mantra, we're going to launch, we're going to unveil three historic products, Uh, uh, an internet device, a music device and a phone. And he kept chanting this. And eventually he said, are you getting it yet? Because it was one device, the the iPhone. And, What's so interesting about that, and I often like to reflect to it on this show, is how central media consumption has been to the iPhone from day one. I think you, you be, there's a Substack post, which I'll link to in the show notes, where you have a great picture of Steve Jobs unveiling the iPhone. I don't know if you took it or there's one. That, there's one so it shows, it's a, it's a fantastic picture that also captures both the moment and how shows how far camera phones have a... They have advanced now the, the that camera technology yeah, it's a, what, what what charlotte is, is trying to say tactfully is it's a terrible picture no it's I an amazing it. photo for the well, moment i took it on uh, i went into this show my cameraman steve taking fantastic obviously video yeah and, and i had 
what was my pride and joy then, a, a, a Canon digital SLR. And I wasn't very good with it. And it was difficult to get focus. And the picture came out blurred. Uh, and I use it in that post. It's fantastic. Along with a photo seven years later, which I took at of Tim Cook launching the Apple Watch. Oh, yes. and, and that picture is a much better picture because, of course, it's taken with a phone, an iPhone. Yeah. Uh, and that is one of the extraordinary revolutions that has happened. Obviously, not just with uh, iPhones, with with Androids, and you know there there are better camera phones that have been along the way mm. uh, the, the, than iPhones. But th- that has just completely transformed the way the way we behave. Really, I mean, we are all taking far too many pictures wherever yes. we go. Yeah, yeah, and shooting too much video and all the rest of it. But it's, I love the photo. You've caught it at 9.55am as opposed to the famous 9.41. But it's, <laughs> um, it's, a, it's a great moment that's captured. But as I say, the way you were describing it and you re- reminiscing about that moment Steve Jobs launched it, he, you're right, he did put media, music in this example, right at the centre of this device. And... I think uh, I've discussed it with other guests on the show when we're all kind of surprised that Apple is now producing media and TV and radio and so on. We it, it would do us all good sometimes to remember that, I think. Yeah, I mean, obviously, it had come off the back of the, the iPod, which had been, mm. I suppose, the first breakout device, uh, non standard computing device that apple had produced uh and and had been core to its sort of move into into media um and that continued with the iphone i mean it's interesting to work out what has worked and what hasn't i mean we i suppose has apple ended up dominating music in the way you might i mean it's made its money actually just by frankly selling hardware and and that what has been key to that that victory uh, has been the whole ecosystem you know perhaps a a more important event even than the launch of the iphone was the launch the following year of the app store Mm. because don't forget we we think steve jobs got everything right he was actually incredibly resistant to the idea that people might put other apps Oh, yes, you couldn't have third-party things on a beautiful Apple device. No, sure. Yeah, Uh, and he had to be persuaded. And, of course, that app revolution is what, you know, obviously Apple's App Store and then very shortly after with the Android uh, Mm. Play Store. Um, That is what has made this smartphone revolution so powerful. Yes. Uh, A whole system of apps. And it was very interesting to me watching WWDC last week that Apple is sort of swinging back the other way. It's, you know, playing nicely with it, particularly in the media space with things like in America, uh, HBO, Max, Disney Plus, all those other kind of rival media services to Apple TV Plus are becoming available quite easily on Apple platforms now, which is quite an interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It's an interesting I, shift. I notice I've got I've got an Apple TV and I've got an Amazon Fire TV box, which is a great little device too. But the Apple TV in, in a funny kind of way is more open than the Amazon device because for instance it's got uh Now TV, Sky's mm. Now TV, which Amazon doesn't for competition issues. Mm. Yeah, so that's that, so that's kind of the yeah. equivalent of Sky 
cable television one version of that here in the UK but uh, so there's that here in the UK the, a lot of the American services or you know transatlantic services Disney Plus is the one that always stands out but there was a, they rattled off a list during WWDC of all the kind of other rival services that were becoming available. Um, and I wonder, we're discussing this actually on a day where the regulator in the UK has announced it's investigating Apple and Google. And I wonder how much of that kind of playing nicely in the media space is just trying to not create another area where there can be friction and a row. But it'll be interesting to see how that develops. Yeah, I mean... Apple has found itself on the back foot, hasn't it, mm. uh, over the last year? So, well, certainly heavily scrutinised. Yes, no, it's certainly been heavily scrutinised during uh, the last, as you say, year or so. Um, and I, I do wonder as well how much – your book is called Always On, as I mentioned, and it kind of gets at this idea that we – thanks to iPhones and similar devices, we literally can't break away. I mean, I'm sure you're as bad as me always checking your phone and various feeds and have to watch a quick video and all the rest of it. Um, And I wonder how much Apple's move into digital media has also played a part in that. You know, you can watch a, if you're doing a quick commute and the days where one used to do that, you could do a you know watch an episode on your phone on tv and it's perfectly good uh, perfectly good quality now all this stuff is kind of part of that always on culture i think you talk about in your book yeah i think it's kind of more what 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 is really powerful is the combination of these incredibly smart devices with these very powerful social networks that is what has made us an always on uh society and and if you think in a very short space of time, it all came together. 2004, Facebook born. 2005, YouTube mm. born. 2006, Twitter. 2007, the iPhone. And those all together produced this sort of uh, revolution which made phones not about calling so much or texting so much, but about both creating and consuming media. Um, and... Uh, y- I, I, it's, it's interesting to debate whether this is this was all the plan or whether it's partly happened by accident because we like to think of oh this, Steve Jobs had this roadmap uh, in place and it was all going to come to pass but of course it didn't I remember along the way we had years and years in which we talked about Apple creating a television that was going to yes, happen yeah, yes, yes. Uh, year after year just as we've had year after year now of Apple going to make a car. Uh, And quite often the plans morph. So it morphed into, you know, obviously the Apple TV device, obviously the Apple TV service, Uh, the car car plan has has morphed into, you know, a kind of operating system for cars rather than the hardware itself. So now, for now, now it's not necessarily inevitable. No. But yeah, Apple now allows you with through CarPlay again. Now allows you to consume media from your Apple device. You don't need your car, old car radio anymore, or a CD. You can, you know, you've got your iPhone that becomes your car's entertainment system. Yeah, I mean, it's this this whole ecosystem idea which has been so powerful and uh, and has enabled uh, 
Apple to capture uh, not not a huge share of the overall market, but the most lucrative share uh, mm. of the market. Uh, I talk about this, and I've, I've used this in presentations, a, a, a graphic of industry, mobile phone industry profits. And that that's the most extraordinary revolution. So 2007, Nokia was making, had about 40% of the market and probably 60, 70% of all the profits made in the mobile phone industry. BlackBerry, HTC, Sony Ericsson, uh, all had a decent chunk, HTC. Um, and then by 2007, uh, 2011, just four years later, Apple had grown from nothing to nearly 80, 80 odd percent yep. of all the profits. Samsung's still making a bit. Everybody else just about losing money mm. and complete reversal. Or, not, of, or if your BlackBerry barely existing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, and, I mean, Nokia is the most extraordinary story. Yeah. Um, I was having a debate with somebody the other day about whether you know, that was Apple's victory or was actually a defeat brought on by the operators who seemed determined to make Apple win in this person's mm-hmm. view uh, and and shot themselves in the foot because they didn't realise that they were losing their power base by handing it over to Apple. I'm just reflecting on the first mobile phone I had, a, the famous Nokia 3210, which we all thought was the height of... Uh, technology at the time because it didn't have an aerial on it the 3210 and 3310 didn't have like a bumpy aerial at the top which yeah. is terribly exciting but i'm trying to th- imagine now of like consuming never mind creating any type of content through those devices and it just seems inconceivable whereas apple with the ipod kind of had that infrastructure there from well the that, that's interesting because Here's what was happening in 2007. I was doing a bit of an experiment on the BBC website, shooting video uh, using, believe it or not, a Nokia N95, which was the height of sophistication. Uh, You're a a very sophisticated man, Rory. (laughs) And um, at that stage, Apple, uh, the, the first iPhone, here's the thing, did not have video. No. You could not shoot video on it. So it it was somehow Nokia's to lose. But the interface of of using the N95 to, to go online was so complex, so many buttons to press, that you gave up before you ever got there. Whereas, of course, the beautiful Apple touchscreen interface. Yeah, never um, mind iCloud that moves it from now, which moves the video you've shot from your phone to your iPad or Mac or whatever else instantly. Yeah, it was, but it was Nokia's to lose. Um, and it's, uh, you know, there'll be all sorts of business. They've probably already been written about mm. how they lost, because uh, I, I think that the, the truth was that although uh, Apple was a brilliant hardware company, it was also a brilliant software company. And it was the, somebody put it to me that it was, that the industry had been dominated by what he called the bellheads to kind of telecoms people. Uh, and it, it, it then became the victory of the netheads, mm. which was, you know, the internet people, which was effectively Apple and Google. And with that in mind, were you then, I mean, we'd all sort of got a whiff of what was going to happen before the event that formally announced Apple TV plus was launched, but 
given what you'd seen over these years, were you surprised that Apple decided to make this move into becoming not just a company that provided you the, the pieces of kit where you could consume and even make content, but was actually making content itself? Uh, I was a bit, and I'm still not convinced that that is is working brilliantly for them, but it oh, yeah. kind of doesn't matter. Um, it is still... You know, it's just one element in this whole ecosystem, which is so, so powerful. I mean, uh, you know, compared with Netflix, is Apple TV Plus compared with Disney Plus? Is it a, a particularly compelling offering? Uh, the, the jury is still out after quite a while, I think. Yeah. And uh, well, and one in the next couple of weeks, and we'll be discussing it on this show, we assume uh, and uh, last time I checked, it was still saying on July the 1st, you're going to have to pay for Apple TV Plus if you uh, subscribed in that initial, no, after that initial November launch, mm. November 2019 now, um, you're going to have to pay finally pay for the first time in July. And that will obviously be the real test, whether people are happy just to watch it when it, they're free when it's free or if it has monetary value for people. And that will, we'll obviously see that play out in the coming weeks and months, but I'm fascinated that you don't think it's working out. We've done, I've had discussions and gone through on this show, kind of Apple's made an impact on a war during award season. There's been a few shows that have um, kind of broken through. I shouldn't be saying this either because I've got a relative who's a TV director who has been making uh, a series with Apple. So it's been a huge success. That's what I want to say. It's been standout. I, I mean, is there any anything exciting in the works at Apple TV Plus you want to you want to tell us about that you know about? No, no, I, I, I'm, <laughs> you're too I'm, well behaved I'm, for that. Do, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I do. Well, what's the what's the football coach? Ted Lasso. Ted Lasso, yeah. I've just started watching that and I, I'm really enjoying that. But that is only about the second thing. I watched half of the morning show, which was kind of cringeworthy but fun. Uh, and that, but. Keep with I the morning can't... show. The, the set, as it goes later in the series, it gets better, I thought. I yeah. found the first bits a bit like, wasn't quite sure. As it goes on, it's. The, the very opening scene as a TV news professional. Yeah. It's so cringeworthy that um, it, I nearly stopped then, but uh, it get, does get better. Yeah, um, and I, I thought you would like Ted Lasso, knowing that you are a, that you are a football fan. Um, again, like me, you'll probably find some of the bits and some of the re football references a little bit uh, will make your hair stand on in a little bit. Cause they, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's um, it's a good fun, and that's some of those have. But that, that's kind of the point. The fact is we can talk about this, that we know what we're talking about. Those shows have broken through. We're starting to see the second season of things come back. Um, and But content is, is you know, it's a, it's a cliche, but it's a really difficult business. Yep. Uh, and the culture of it is so different from from an apple culture you know mm. apple apple culture is is so secretive i mean anyone who's dealt with the company over the years um will know that people who have been public figures at companies that they have been at before arrive at apple and, and disappear it's as if they've been kidnapped and put in a box uh, yeah. I know one particular very senior figure who's involved in the, on the tv side who was very much out there and is now haven't heard a word from for, for years. So 
that's not very but probably doing very exciting things day to day just right, not, possibly. Um, and never allowed <laughs> to talk about them yeah yeah I, I do agree with you there was a culture shift and we sure we saw this right at the start when we were first getting reports of what was being shot on apple tv what kind of the beginning of the production process um you know reference it loads of times but notes from tim cook asking people to be nice to each other and there to be less swearing and you know <laughs> we saw all those kind of things floating around and it's clear at the beginning there was a culture clash i think you're really right about that uh do you think they've learned to make that work do you think well, as you say they, are, they, they, they have produced some not i mean it's been quite um, focused and limited, isn't it? Uh, but but some, you know, standout series, uh, uh, and that's what they will be judged by. Uh, it, it is a bit of a phony war at the moment, though, isn't it? Because as you say, a lot of people have kind of got it automatically, have not been uh, asked to make that decision. And right now, there, there's suddenly such a proliferation of, of, of uh, streaming services that there is bound to be, you feel a crunch at some stage and a sorting out. You will, of course, be always able to find something better on the BBC iPlayer that you would advocate people watch and <laughs> support. I have no doubt. But Definitely. talking of content to consume, actually, you mentioned something interesting to me just before we, we hit record on the show, was that you were you were just catching your breath after doing an Apple Fitness Plus workout. And that was interesting. One, I was very impressed that you were doing that. We're recording at kind of three o'clock in the afternoon UK time. So I was very impressed at your commitment, first of all. And second of all, it was, uh, I was intrigued because that, again, is another part of Apple without really saying explicitly, that is part of its move into the content game. Anyone who has ever done one of these workouts on Fitness Plus, and I've checked it out, will know they're very slickly produced. You're obviously meant to kind of build up some kind of rapport and pick your favourite instructors. Think of trainers, that. and it's quite interesting. The trainers, yeah. uh, quite a few of them are, <laughs> are English. They're all based in a studio in LA. Yeah. They're all very happy, happy people. They're very Apple-y people. Um, it it's is very Apple. Um, and of course, it's another kind of huge sort of ecosystem thing. I mean, when it came out, I was very, uh, I'm not doing that. And then actually what forced me was that I was sent into isolation by the the the, UK, the, the English contact racing app uh, soon after Christmas. And I needed my exercise and I thought, oh, well, I will try this. Uh, and now because I'm addicted to the rings closing the ring oh, you're trying yeah. to on my apple watch uh, i can't get away from it you're talking to a person who may or may not have had to stomp outside their house for 10 minutes just to make sure all the rings were complete exactly been there done yeah, that. yeah exactly in 30 at night walking terrible. up and down stairs yeah terrible. terrible i will get those steps in but um mm. it that is another part of the content production story though isn't it as you say they're very apple people they're it's 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 obviously meant to take on Peloton, but it feels to me more than that as well. It's a really is very content focused. It, well, it's a much more um, broad offering than Peloton. Sure. I mean, Peloton is a, is a pretty high end. Um, and it, it's, it becomes relatively easy to take money off people for, 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 for products like that. Mm. Um, I mean, think of how many people pay a gym subscription of quite a, a, a chunk at, at the beginning of the year and then 
find themselves not going uh, and still paying out. Whereas I think with Apple Fitness Plus, it's there's, there's much less friction than going to the gym. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if it doesn't turn into quite a substantial revenue earner. Yeah, I think I agree with you. And there's also the thing where we're sort of just, again, focusing on the content and production side of it, where you can go, oh, yeah, I can get classes for free on YouTube, say. But, the th- again, Apple has gone for the quality gone to offer the quality hasn't it with fitness plus it's sort of making the same decision that it's making with tv plus that we're not going to have loads we're not going to have the most but it's going to fit with all the hardware that you use and it's going to look better than anything else but that's the key i mean it is it you need an apple watch you need yeah. you need apple tv basically um it's another thing walling you into the ecosystem yeah uh, do you see actually just to sort of bring our conversation in do you ever see things within apple flipping where the content drives the hardware because at the moment at content is produced for the hardware apple hardware that is available you've explained it you know bang on with the apple fitness plus they had the apple watch they made content that made you want to use the watch more and gave the watch more value it, you know the apple tv you don't have to have an apple tv to watch apple tv plus but in lots of cases it helps yeah i it's i find it difficult to see it becoming um a content first Mm. company i mean it just so much of its heritage is is about well i mean never mind revenue that, that blend yeah so yeah i mean i always say about the iphone well you have to remember it is the single most profitable product in history Mm. you know perhaps the the jumbo jet it was at one stage but it's obviously the iphone so it's it's hard for me to see and and uh, the, the 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 content side of the the company taking over because also those those are not the people that are leading the company are they no um Certainly not at the I mean, moment. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and who's to say who will take over from Tim Cook? But um, uh, it's difficult to see that being a kind of a Hollywood type. Yeah, then the likelihood of Jamie Erdick or Zach Van Amberg, one of those guys who are currently running TV Plus, moving up to some the positions that cover more of Apple seems unlikely. I think you're probably yeah. right there. Yeah. Uh, and as you were... Were there anything, I'm always interested when I speak to people who have written books, when you were going through your book and going through the history of all sorts of tech companies starting with the iPhone, but it's not just about Apple, your book. Were, were there other things in this kind of media tech crossover space that really kind of struck you as you were writing it and kind of key moments that you think maybe we've forgotten about that we should do better at remembering that were key moments in the development of the industry? Um, well, m- more... To be honest, more more of the book is is focused uh, on the the sort of up and down of our mm. attitudes to this technology, mm. um, and the key moments that, that I that really struck me were about how we when we began to change our minds uh, about that sunny optimism about this wonderful these wonderful tools that have been put in our hands. Uh, 
which is, you know, I put the high point at 2012 at the London Olympics where Tim Berners-Lee tweeted yes. out, this is for everyone. Uh, and that was all happy, clappy. People were taking pictures. Live from the opening content. ceremony. Yeah, uh, and all that. Uh, I was there at the opening ceremony, incredibly fortunately, uh, f- filming away a, a vast amount on my iPhone. And it was, you know, four years later in 2016, after the, the, the key moment in some ways in, in this downward stretch is Mark Zuckerberg being asked whether uh, Facebook had played any role in spreading fake news and leading to the election of Donald Trump. And he laughed and said that was crazy uh, mm. and was eventually forced to wake up to the huge power that he wielded uh, and take some responsibility. So that was uh, a key moment. There wasn't, I mean, more about disinformation and fake content rather than, you know, rich media content. Yeah. I mean, we, we, you and I could have a whole another half hour's discussion on fake news and the kind of proliferation of that and the devices and services that have helped that. I wonder if we're heading for another key moment, actually, as we hope the world continues to open up and get vaccinated and return to some normality. We can leave our homes far more readily. I wonder if the idea of binge watching and people spending hours in front of streaming services they're paying X amount for, maybe that will be the next downward curve. If When you do the next edition of Always On, that will be the kind of next bit you see that people have actually start to reject the number, having the number of streaming services and so on. I, th- I think there may be a bit, a bit of a dip, but I think what, what, what somebody said a couple of months into the, the pandemic was that we'd had you know five years of uh, digital transformation within a couple of months. Uh, and I think, you know, in all sorts of areas, we may have a little dip, but we're not going back to where we were in late 2019. We are, uh, we're just used to having these services. Uh, and and funny enough, because we're going to be on the move more uh, and we're going to have these powerful new 5G networks, there may be further acceleration of, of, of uh, consumption of, of, of that content because we will be able to see them on the move. We'll, we'll want to, you know, on the way to work, still catch up with their, their Apple TV Plus series or that Netflix film or, or, or whatever uh, on our devices. So I don't think we're going backwards. No. Interesting. Well, when we find out, I look forward to having you back on to discuss. Rory, thank you so, so much for joining me. Um, tell people how they can keep up with your work. Where, again, mention where they can buy the book and so on. So the book is called Always On, Hope and Fear in the Social Smartphone Era. That It's from Bloomsbury. It's available in uh, good bookshops uh, and I hope bad ones. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and obviously online at the usual places. You can follow me. Probably best place to follow me is my incredibly over energetic Twitter feed, which is at Ruskin147 for complicated reasons. I was an early adopter and that's what came to mind. Um, and on the BBC, uh, on the BBC Tech News site, bbc.com slash technology. Thank you. Oh, and one oh, other yes. quick plug. Yes. My weekly world service program, which is also a podcast, is Tech Tent. Comes out Friday. Available as a easiest to find as a podcast. Just search for Tech Tent. There you go. Thank you so much for joining me, Rory. I'm Charlotte Henry. You can keep up with me, obviously, at themacobserver.com and at Charlotte A. Henry on Twitter. And I'll see you next week. Thank you.